Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. We need to call it by its right name. It's death, and God and His organic salvation has a way of deliverance from it, a way to overcome it in Christ as our resurrection life. Welcome once again to the Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. In the 1930s in China, the Lord raised up a prevailing work among Chinese believers. This work included not only the spread of the gospel, but the establishment and building up of several hundred local churches. Watchman Nee and Witness Lee faithfully labored and ministered as co-workers with the Lord Jesus for this tremendous move of the Lord in his New Testament ministry. Following Watchman Nee's eventual imprisonment, Witness Lee brought this ministry to the United States, Today you'll hear recorded excerpts of this ministry in today's Life Study of Romans. Ron Kangas has joined us today again as we focus our attention on being freed from death. Ron, welcome back to the Life Study of Romans. I'm glad to be here again. Today, in chapter 8, we're going to find out about being free from sin and death. I'd like to ask you as we begin, what is the death that we're being freed from? Romans 8 is a chapter of experience. And the death here is not the physical death to which we are subject uh, in the old creation. So when we talk about being freed from death, we're not talking about some kind of miraculous cure for our mortality or some premature deliverance uh, from the power of death in a physical way. Death in Romans 8 is a terrifying and powerful spiritual source and force that has its source in Satan, the origin of death. In Hebrews 2, Paul talks about the devil, the one who has the might of death. The death in Romans 7 and 8 is that issue of sin in the flesh, which weighs upon us and weakens us and darkens us and eventually deadens us, especially as we endeavor to pursue the Lord. Sin, with its law, incites us in the flesh to do things contrary to God, but death works to weaken us when we are interested or burdened in carrying out something in the Lord and for the Lord. For example, if one has a set time for prayer, death will work to weaken us, to darken us, to deaden us, 
to swallow up our energy. There's something in us that makes us passive and weak to the things of God. We need to call it by its right name. It's death, and God and his organic salvation has a way of deliverance from it, a way to overcome it in Christ as our resurrection life. So we need to pay attention to this. It has a lot to do with our daily experience of Christ in spirit. Thank you, Ron. And as you said, Romans 8 is a chapter of experience, and your description of death is one I think that all of us can relate to. We have all experienced this kind of death. And today we're going to find out this deliverance that you spoke of. Let's join Witness Lee with our life study. Romans 5.12 says, Sin entered into the world. Sin entered into mankind through that man, Adam. Then death entered through sin. Sin came first, then death followed. And these two always go together. Uh, then we go on to chapter 7 and read verse 11. For sin uh, deceived me and killed me. So sin puts people into death through the law. And sin kills not only through the law, but also through the commandment. What does this mean? Let me illustrate to you a little bit. After you got saved, and especially you got stirred up in the spirit to seek the Lord, and made up your mind, Lord, from now on, I will never lose my temper anymore. This is what you call making up of your mind. But I tell you, you make a strict law to yourself. And this is the number 11 commandment. <laughs> Since you set up such a law there, I tell you, every moment when you lose your temper, this law kills you. Then we read 24 in the same verse. Right men that I am who will deliver me from the body of this death. What death? The death here is designated. It is not the body of the death, but of this death. The very death defined in this chapter. It is not that can death that put my body into a coffin. It is a candace that whenever, morning, evening, day and night, every time when I make up my mind to keep the law, to do good, to please God, something within my fallen body rises up and defeats me and captures me and kills me. This death. Oh, the body of this death 
is my problem. I have a body with an awful thing in it, which I call this dead. Then we go on to chapter 8 and read verse 2. How did the law of sin and of death? Okay. We just mentioned, after you get stirred up to love the Lord, I believe all of us, not one exception, <laughs> would make up the mind not to lose temper. You don't have such a will to lose the temper, but the temper is lost. What does this work? Not you, but the law of sin. You just cannot pray. You just cannot fellowship. Right. You just cannot open up your mouth to <laughs> testify. This is the sin and the death. Working <laughs> together by their love. The love of sin is also the love of death. Never forget, these two go together. Ron, I believe that we can all relate to the experience that was presented here. In fact, I think it's safe to say that everyone listening can relate to what is described here. Though this common experience is a negative one, I think it's helpful to have these verses opened up in this kind of way to show what is happening to us and why it happens. It really is important to have a divine diagnosis of our condition and situation. Many teachers of the Bible and preachers of the gospel rightly emphasize the grievous problem of sin. We would never minimize this. It took the redeeming death of the Son of God as the Lamb of God to deal with sins, the acts, and sin, the principle in our fallen nature. Sin operates by a law in us. But what is particularly enlightening, I feel, in this life study, is the diagnosis of death. If we consider certain types in the Old Testament, especially those types which relate to the contact with uh, dead things, we will begin to realize that in the sight of God, death is more abominable and defiling than sin. It helps us to see that we are at war not only with sin and its law, but with death and its law. That even if we know in God's organic salvation how to be delivered from sin, we still need to learn to be delivered from death. We need to learn how to tap into that higher life with a higher law, which can set our inner being free from death and all of its symptoms and byproducts. Ron, that's quite a discovery that our spiritual deadness can be even greater an offense to God than our sins. This is not in our natural concept because in our ethical and moral understanding we can 
easily assess things by right and wrong, by good and evil. And it's easy for us to grasp how evil things, sinful things, are offensive to God. But it actually takes uh, the experience of Christ as life with the keen sense that this experience produces in us before we can begin to realize the, uh, how horrible death is. Those of us that are parents can somewhat relate to this generic illustration that for a child to misbehave, even seriously to misbehave, that's one thing, and that's grievous to the parents. But for a child's life to be taken is the most horrible thing. So no matter how frustrating our misbehavior is, we need to begin to see as God sees that the ultimate and last enemy is death. God hates death. He's the God of the living. He's not the God of the dead. And he wants to make us living in our entire tripartite being. Thank you, Ron. Let's rejoin Witness Lee for more of our life study. Chapter 8, verse 6. It says here, The mind, sight on the flesh, is death. This simply means you exercise your mind to consider the things of the flesh. Set your mind on the worldly fashion. Is what? Is death. And sometimes you set your mind on the flesh to uh, <laughs> remember, to consider all the weakness of your wife all the weakness of your husband. This is death. This death is not that kind of death to cause you to be buried in a grave. This death could be described in this way. This death is expressed in darkness. This death is expressed in an easiness within you. Not only so, there's another expression of this kind of death. That is dissatisfaction. And not only so, weakness is a sign of death. And you have to know, when weakness reaches its highest point, that is death. There's another one. That is the dryness. No water in. You might just dry it up. All these are signs of this kind of spiritual death in you. When you have your mind set upon the fleshly things, I tell you, you will suffer all these kind of things. This is the death mentioned in these four chapters. Today, this death is working a kind of deadening work. Let me say something frankly. You are so weak in prayer. And you are so slow in functioning. This is the working of death. This is the deadening of death. Why you cannot open up your mouth to testify 
in the living way because you are under the deadening of death. You are under the working of death. If you are not, absolutely not, under death, you will be what? All the time bubbling. All the time praying, praising, functioning, testifying, all the time being one with all the saints. You see? As long as we are not like this, I tell you, you may be very good, yet you are very good. Dead. You are under the deadening of death's work. Ron, once again, this lines up with our experience. The symptoms of this death are very familiar ones. Also, I thought it was interesting that, and you alluded to this earlier, our being right does not help us in dealing with death. In fact, it may even be a contributing factor. Can you say more about this discovery? The point here is actually related to something way back in Genesis 2 concerning the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It wasn't just the knowledge of evil, but the knowledge of good. But whether one obtained knowledge of good or evil, the result was death. We may mistakenly have the concept that only if we are wrong or evil or bad will we suffer death. But if we are right or good, uh, then somehow we should have life. The tree of life is the tree simply of life. And we have life by contacting God who is life. But your question relates to the fact that we may be right according to our own ethical standards, but if we check our inner condition, we're dead. Let's consider married life as an illustration. When a husband and wife have a dispute, usually there is some issue of right and wrong. But let's say as a husband... I argue on the basis of right, and I'm convinced that I'm right. Once this discussion is over, what is my spiritual condition? Even if I'm right, I realize I'm dead. There's a way that seems right to a man, the proverb says, but the end thereof is the way of death. We need to have a radical change in our thinking and not view things so much from right and wrong as from the perspective of life or death. We may think we're right. We may actually be right according to the letter of Scripture. But in our inner being in the presence of God, what do we sense? Life or death? To get a right person to realize the seriousness of his being dead right is no small undertaking. It is a particular mercy from God for us to learn to go beyond being right versus wrong and to consider, Lord, am I in life? Am I living or am I dead? If we're dead, we need to turn to God in a hurry, find out the reason for our deadness and receive a fresh supply of resurrection life from the indwelling, life-giving Spirit. Thank you, Ron. Let's rejoin Witness Lee for the conclusion of this life study. Now, I believe 
we all can see, can see what? That in our body, the fallen body, there is something that is called sin, which is working death all the time. And this working of death is toward our spirit. How we are going to be free from this death? We all have to realize clearly where death is. Death has a base. Death has a fault, F-O-R-T, where he camps. And this base, this fault, is the flesh. There's only one way, one escape from death. I tell you, that is our spirit. Our spirit is our refuge. Our flesh is the fault, the base of death. And our spirit is the refuge. Run into this refuge. Death versus life. Life is versus death. Where is death? In our flesh. Where is life? In our spirit. Do you know who is dead? Satan. And do you know who is life? Christ. That's right. Always stay in your spirit with Christ as your life. Then you could see Christ as your life will just take the free course to spread himself more and more into this part of your being and that part of being. Eventually, he will saturate every part of your being. This is the quickening of life, the enlivening of life. Life enlivens your mind, your emotion, your will. And eventually, this life will be imparted even into your mortal body. Then, eventually, every part of the three parts of your body will be life. Spirit is life, mind is life, even your body is life. Then that will be just shorter up. And I tell you, that is the last enemy. Not only the last enemy to God, but also the last enemy to us. It is the last trouble. This is the overcoming of the last enemy. As long as there is still an amount of death remaining in your being, that is a kind of abomination in the eyes of God. We have to get rid of that. And we have to escape from the base, the fault of this very death into where Jesus Christ the life is that is in our spirit well Ron there's a saying that in warfare it's always helpful to know your enemy 
And we've really seen today that our real enemy is death. Even the Bible refers to death as the last enemy in Revelation. Say something about how death has a base or a camp in our flesh. But we do have a refuge where we can flee. Romans 8.6 tells us clearly that if we set our minds on the flesh, the result is death. If we set our minds on the spirit, the result is life with peace. The flesh refers to the body created good by God, but corrupted by sin. So death is really near at hand. It's in the outermost part of our being. Death has occupied this strategic part of our being. It has a fortification, a base of attack in our flesh. Where can we go? What can we do? We have a very subjective enemy. If our only source of supply is the Lord in the heavens, uh, we are doomed to failure. We have a subjective enemy. We also need a subjective refuge. And praise the Lord, we have such a refuge that is the spirit mentioned in Romans 8. The spirit in Romans 8, 6 is the human spirit regenerated and mingled with Christ as the life-giving spirit. According to Romans 8.10, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit, meaning our regenerated human spirit, is life. Read that text carefully. It does not say our spirit is alive, although that's true. And it does not say that our spirit is living, although that is true. It says our spirit is life itself. And that word for life is zoe, the word used to denote the divine eternal life of God. Our spirit, once regenerated, has become life. And whenever we sense death and all of its symptoms, we need to recognize Flee to the Spirit, and in the Spirit stay to enjoy the triune God as our marvelous eternal life. Thank you for being here today, Ron. Thank you for having me. By being here, I enjoyed life afresh. I hope our listeners got a dose of the divine life that is with their spirit. So do I. We have another life study message from Romans available tomorrow. We hope you're here with us then. Thank you very much for listening today. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. For 21 years, Witness Lee conducted a comprehensive life study, unveiling how the Bible presents Christ coming to be life to man. These audio programs are based on those messages. But to get the full riches of the life study, we hope you'll visit our website, lifestudy.com. From there, you can read over 1,800 life study messages in their entirety or download more audio programs like this one, all free of charge. 
Again, the website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening today.